Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. If you're looking to take your business and life to a whole new level and you're committed to investing in yourself, you're invited to apply for one-to-one coaching with me, which you can learn more about at coachwithtyler.com or sign up for the life-changing Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy, where together with our tribe, you'll learn how to elevate your game, make more money, and have more freedom. Check out the free masterclass at elevatecoachingacademy.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with Tim Lyons today. Oh, my goodness, just wait, because today is a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. And it's a phenomenal day. And I can just tell you right now that we're going to shift your identity. Today, you're going to learn how to shift your identity and to change the story that may be holding you back, right? If you want to do big things in real estate, we've got to check in with that story. We've got to check in with the words that you're using, and we've got to check in with that mindset. And I'm telling you today, we're going to transform that mindset for you. We're going to take this to the next level. Whether you think that you're there or not, I'm telling you, we are going to really make a big difference today. We're going to make a big quantum leap today in today's episode. I just want to encourage you to really enjoy this. This is going to be a phenomenal journey together. You're going to learn a lot about Tim's story and also how that relates to perhaps your story, your background, and how you can use your background to really make massive leaps, not only in your real estate business, but also towards the life of your dreams, because that's what it's all about. It's about the outcome, right? It's not just about the mechanics of real estate or making money or anything like that. It's about the lifestyle that you create and the purpose behind creating that lifestyle. My goodness, today is a phenomenal episode. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal growth for high-performing real estate investors. Today really, really shows you why and what that all, what that is all about. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar, baby. Please, before we really dive into this, please subscribe. Uh, Give us a rating and review. We certainly appreciate that. It helps us continue to spread the message of Elevate that you do not have to live a life that you just tolerate. You can live a life of unlimited abundance through committing to personal growth, through committing to personal mastery, through elevating your mindset, your surroundings, the people that you surround yourself with, your education, whether it's financial or otherwise, you can do anything that you want in your life. And that all starts with really what we're doing here on Elevate. So I want to encourage you to give us a rating, give us a review, share this with a friend. The only fee that we ask from you is really just to pay it forward and share this with someone that you know. Maybe it's someone that you just met and maybe you want to follow up with them and say, hey, look, I really enjoyed meeting with you. By the way, you have to check out this podcast. So the fee for listening to this podcast, if you've already done that before, we thank you. We ask you to do that one more time. Our business, you know, this podcast 
it all thrives on referrals. And so we appreciate every introduction. We appreciate every single one of you. I am so grateful for you. And I call you Elevate Nation because look, the rising tide lifts all ships. And together, there's nothing we cannot accomplish. So I just want to thank you so much for listening to Elevate. I want to thank you so much for paying it forward. I want to thank you so much for being here. And guess what? We are going to go big today. I want to introduce you to Tim Lyons, who is a 15-year veteran of the New York City Fire Department and currently serves as the lieutenant in the borough of Queens. Until recently, he worked. He also worked part-time as an emergency room RN at a level one trauma center. He brings years of real world management and leadership experience to his real estate investment career. Tim's initial goal with real estate was to create passive income and in turn be able to spend more time with his wife and three little girls. After partnering on a multifamily property, he saw firsthand the power of real estate investing as an opportunity to create passive income and build wealth for his family. He started Cityside Capital with the goal of not only growing his own portfolio, but also to help others realize the power that real estate investing can have on creating passive income and building wealth. Cityside Capital has $79 million of assets under management, including 561 multifamily units. Tim also has invested as a limited partner on 256 multifamily units in Texas, as well as a large retail supercenter in Tennessee. Tim attributes his early success in real estate investing to education, investing in coaches and mentors, and surrounding himself with like-minded people. In April 2021, Tim became an Amazon number one best-selling author in a book that he co-authored called Bringing Value, Solving Problems, and Leaving a Legacy, which of course, you'll listen towards the end and we'll mention that we actually have this as a link in the show notes for you to download this for free yourself. And so without further ado, enjoy this phenomenal conversation with Tim Lyons. Tim Lyons, my man, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Tyler. Thanks for having me today. Man, it's absolutely my pleasure. It's, it's you know, honestly, I'm really excited about this conversation because before we got started here, I mean, you're you're spreading the good vibes. I mean, you're sending energy my way and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's not empty the tank yet because it's time to really lay it all out on the line for Elevate. So I really appreciate you taking time and being here today. But before we dive into this conversation, one of the ways that I really love to introduce you to Elevate Nation is to ask you a really unique question. And it's how would the closest people in your life describe you? You know, what would they say about Tim Lyons, whether they're your closest family members, friends, or what have you, how would they describe Tim Lyons? Oh, man. Um, the people closest uh, in my ecosystem would definitely say that Tim has nonstop energy. He's always on to the next thing. He would give you the shirt off his back 10 times, uh, you know, before ever asking for one thing back. Um, and then I'm just like a, a, a true, you know, family man. I, I love taking care of the kids. I got three little girls, 10, seven and two. Um, I love spending time with them, you know, coaching their sports. I mean, that's what, that's what I think everybody would kind of convey to your listeners. That's who Timmy Lyons is. I like that, man. And I can tell that for sure. I mean, you're definitely a giver and, uh, being a father, being multifaceted as a professional, as an investor, as an entrepreneur, and also a firefighter, you know, obviously with your background uh, in the New York City Fire Department, I'd love to really dive into that. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about your upbringing and your background. Like, where did you come from? Yeah, so I grew up in a town called Mineola, which is on uh, Long Island in New York. It's just about just outside New York City. Um, so, 
you know, grew up in a, a household. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was three. Uh, so I lived with my mom. I got two older brothers. One's four years older. He's now my business partner, Greg. And I got another brother uh, who's 10 years older. Um, and, you know, my dad was always around. Is you know, next town over, next two towns over. Um, and growing up, it was all sports all, all the time. You know, I mean, we had a, a, a nice little... Um, it's like an urban suburban area. So you kind of just walked out your front door and there was kids to play with like all the time, you know, but growing up as far as like, you know, money and stuff that, you know, it was always tight. If we talk, if we spoke about money as a family, it usually wasn't a good thing. Uh, it was usually, you know, money's tight or we can't afford that or money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, maybe you have to wait till next payday or, you know, something to that effect. And well, I always had everything that I needed. Um, I think that planted the seed, you know, within me, you know, so long ago that I definitely wanted something more, you know, and I always kind of yearned to have something more and it's kind of stuck with me. I'm 30, 38 now. Um, and I kind of, you know, as maybe difficult as it was back then, I definitely credit that upbringing with, you know, where I am today, who I am today and some of the things that I've been able to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I, I don't think I'm like so unlike so many other people. And and with that being said, I like to, you know, take that history and and, and use it to propel me forward. Yeah, I think that's I mean, there's so many people listening right now who can relate to your story and, you know, maybe have a similar background in some ways. And, you know, really thinking about those ideas or those, you know, mentalities or that mindset around money. I think is a really, um, you know, one of those things that really resonates with many people. And so thinking back to that, you, you mentioned, you know, that's propelling you forward in many different capacities, but I would imagine it was a process that you had to overcome as well. And we are talking about, you know, before we actually recorded here, we we're talking about the scarcity mindset and even just really the, the default skeptic nature of your perspective, at least it had been for many years. So could you talk about that journey through that process? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only like in the recent, um, past a year or two, maybe three that I've heard the scarcity versus abundance mindset. And, you know, when I first heard it, like, I just felt like knocked over because I was like, wow, there's actually a word for that. It's called scarcity. And it was, it, it, it defined that defined who I was and what I thought about. And I guess it kind of brought me to where I was in my, in my plot in life. And, you know, once I kind of recognized that and I could use that as a launching pad to maybe, you know, switch that over from scarcity to abundance. I mean, just in the last couple of years, it's, it's just been a, a different ball game. So like that scarcity, that scarcity in my life of money, of, you know, a divorced family and, uh, you know, every two weeks, a paycheck, you know, you know, did that drive me to become a, uh, a firefighter? Because I did have that that certainty of a paycheck every two weeks and a pension and, you know, health benefits. And, you know, it, you know, was that the cause? And I don't know. I mean, I, I was always obsessed with fire trucks and I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that I became a New York city firefighter and it's been a dream come true. And I haven't, I feel like I haven't worked a day in my life um, as far as fire firefighting goes. Um, but, you know, once I was able to, to take a step back and kind of become a student of personal development and, and dive into some of those, you know, mindset, um, you know, challenges and, and pathways that really was, you know, um, an inspiration for me to kind of dive in even further and see, you know, what else might be available to me if I just was able to think in a different way. It's almost like you, you go back to like the power of words, right? It's almost like your realization that you could actually label that mindset of scarcity 
versus and having an understanding that maybe there was something to work towards in terms of an abundance mindset. And maybe that was like the foundation, but that almost gave you the opportunity to make that leap. Does that resonate with you? 100%, uh, you know, because words are powerful and words, you know, shape, you know, how you think and what you think and why you think it. Um, so, you know, we all have a narrative in our head and, you know, I've been living with that narrative for a long time. Right. And I've, I've had good narratives and, and not so good narratives sometimes. And, you know, once I actually, you know, like I said, became that student of personal development and, and, you know, I started to reshape that narrative and, and it's just been, you know, amazing. And it sounds kind of foo-foo. And, and in the beginning when I was, you know, listening to podcasts, I thought it was a little foo-foo too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to, to you or any of your listeners, um, but actually taking ownership over that, um, has been huge, uh, for me, for my family and, you know, for the, for the journey that I've been on. Yeah. And so when we think about like scarcity versus abundance, I also think of it in terms of fixed versus growth, right? Because like, there's a one mindset where you say, look, I can't do that. Or I don't know how to do that. Whether it's, Hey, I don't know how to buy a $50 million apartment deal or multifamily real estate deal or a commercial real estate deal or whatever. I don't know how to do that. Therefore I can't. And the growth mindset is, but I can learn how to right? or I can find the resources and I can assemble the resources to make that happen. And, and I am endlessly creative and resourceful. And it seems like it's almost like once you opened up your mind to that paradigm, you were able to step through that door and continue to course correct along the way. But what do you think about that, Tim? Is that, is that similar to your experience? Um, I would say you hit the nail on the head and, you know, there's a book by Carol Dweck called Mindset and where she talks specifically about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And I read that book and I, I read the last page and I immediately went back to the first page and started reading it again because it was that powerful. And, wow. um, you know, but also, you know, when you talk about like, oh, I, I can't buy that $50 million property, you know, maybe I'll stick to that $200,000, you know, single family house or condo or whatever. You know, real estate to me was not only um, in the beginning, I had that scarcity mindset, but also there's something called a destination fallacy where, you know, a lot of people, including myself, would say, you know, well, one day I might do real estate. One day I'll get into real estate. One day I'll do this and one day I'll do that. Uh, but guess what? That, that day sometimes for a lot of people doesn't come ever. Um, so when I was able to kind of get away and, and start labeling some of these things that I, I had been thinking as like, all right, yeah, destination fallacy, check. I definitely subscribe to that. Um, scarcity mindset, check, double check for that. Um, you know, and being able to label it, recognize it, and then, you know, kind of, you know, deconstruct it. And then, uh, you know, how am I going to use that to now move forward in a different direction and make that pivot? So knowing what you know now, I mean, what would you tell your younger self about mindset and the power that mindset has over your future? Yeah, I, I always just lived in the day, right? I lived in the day to day. Um, I never, for the longest time, I had, I never took that 30,000 foot view um, and to see what might be possible and, you know, writing down goals and seeing, you know, seeing some success. It just kind of came to me or it didn't. And, you know, so I would say to somebody, you know, if I had a younger self to talk to, like, you know, start, start, with, start from that point, you know, start with those goals, start with the end in mind. You know, find out what that why is, and your why at thirty or forty or fifty might not be the same, um, but you're certainly going to have something to 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 strive towards and, and to work towards. 
So um, just getting kind of clear from whatever age that is. And, you know, I can I can attest when I was 18 to 22, I wasn't the best student in college until right at the very end when it started to click. Right. Um, but if I could talk to that 18 year old again, I would really start and um, I would start with why a uh, little Simon Sinek. Right. Starting with why. Why do you why do you want to do this? And what are your goals and um, all that stuff? Yeah, it's so good. You know, I was I had a cup of coffee with a guy recently who was asking me about commercial real estate. He's wanting to get into commercial real estate and he was asking me for advice. And, you know, he was actually wanting to potentially get his license and start selling commercial real estate. And, you know, my question to him was, well, what is it that you want in your life? You know, what is it that what what type of outcome and lifestyle are you looking to create? And it was interesting because I think it was a big realization. He had never really considered that. And I don't think most people really do because we're really taught to go out there and create certainty, right? We're, we're out there to create, hey, how are we going to make a living, right? And, and that's it. You know, we don't think beyond that. So I think it's so valuable for us to think a little bit bigger, not only start with why, but also reverse engineer and say, all right, well, what's that purpose that I'm after? And then what does that look like in terms of a goal? And how can I then create a vehicle or a business or, you know, some sort of system to help me get there? And I just think that's so important and so powerful. And through that process, you evolve and become the version of yourself that's required to get to that outcome. And you were talking about personal growth, right? Personal development. And you just really began on that on that path several years back or maybe just a few years back. So talk to me about that entrance and what that's looked like for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whether it's meditation or, you know, listening to um, like positive, you know, speakers or, you know, TED Talks or you know, I always kind of just thought that was for somebody else that wasn't, you know, that didn't serve me or that wasn't, you know, something I should listen to. And I don't know why I, I always try to think back to why that, why that, why, why is it that I thought that was for somebody else and not for me? And I don't have a clear cut answer. Uh, but what I can tell you is that when I started to, you know, break down that barrier and start to listen to, to uh, a positive speaker or, you know, attempt to meditate and I'm still awful at meditation. I, um, I don't even know if I'm still doing it right. Or you know, <laughs> I, I take a stab at it every, you know, every day, uh, or I should say most days, um, you know, I just, I think committing to it, um, you know, cause there's, there's a difference between being interested in, in something and, and being committed and, and taking that action that once I started to, you know, be committed to listening to a Jim Rohn or listening to a Tony Robbins, uh, listening to certain TED talks, uh, trying trying at least to meditate. Uh, whether I'm doing it right, right or not is uh, debatable. But um, something changed within within my mindset. You know, things started to go in my direction. Um, I started to feel more confident and build a sense of certainty and and knowing that I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. And I think when you have some of that. Uh, momentum, you know, behind you. I think that really people with momentum are those, those are the ones that are successful. Those are the ones that are starting to get things done that, you know, if you're on the outside looking in and you see someone with momentum, I mean, there's a lot that goes in be, uh, behind that person. And, you know, listening to different podcasts and audiobooks and hearing the same people talk about the same principles over and over again, time blocking, reading, taking in good content, positivity, uh, mindset, um, you know, and, you know, I'm the first one to tell you, um, being from like the New York city area, um, there's a healthy dose of skepticism baked directly into my DNA. Mm. Uh, so I, I really kind of have a, a shield, a lot of, uh, or I had a shield, a lot of, uh, for, for this stuff. And then once that was open, um, 
the possibilities seem endless. And I like the foundation of that. You mentioned interested versus committed, right? Um, because there's such a big difference. But, you know, I know how I feel about that. And I know that that actually that question comes up constantly, whether it's consciously or subconsciously in my life and in my business, right? How committed am I? Or am I just interested? Am I just interested in the goals and the purpose that I've set out for myself? Or am I defiantly committed to doing whatever it takes to get to that outcome? So what does that mean to you? I mean, what's the difference between interested and committed? So, yeah, just like you said, like if you're interested in something, you can be like, yeah, real estate sounds awesome. And um, I know a lot of people got rich off real estate. I'm going to just, you know, browse around the websites and, you know, and maybe I'll even try to put some offers in. But the minute it doesn't work out, you're like, you know what? Real estate sucks. I'm, I'm out. You know, that's that's for somebody else or you know, maybe, you know, somebody that did a fix and flip and they lost money. You're like, dude, real estate's awful, you know? Um, you know, versus being committed would be, well, you know, let me dig in a little, a little behind those stories. You know, why did you lose money on that fix and flip or, you know, and how can I maybe learn from that and then grow and then maybe not make that same mistake? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, or, you know, you start to, you know, want to be involved in real estate or whatever it might be. Um, and then you educate yourself, you start taking that action and it doesn't have to be this massive action that everybody talks about out of the gate, but you have to take these small steps that will stack up. And then all of a sudden it becomes, uh, you know, uh, a stacked up big piece of, you know, your movement. And like, for me, when I was working as a firefighter and an ER nurse, and I was working 70, 80, sometimes 90 hours a week you know, and I was interested in, in real estate. It wasn't until I became defiantly committed to that real estate that I left the nursing job behind and, and started to go. And not only did I miss out on that paycheck that I was, uh, you know, I had once craved every two weeks. Um, I just did a cold turkey and I went committed into real estate. And you know, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it's, it's kind of that simple. No, that's so good. And I actually would love to continue down that path. And you think about making that commitment and moving forward. And obviously you've created, you know, substantial results already, you know, so far through that path and you continue to compound and continue to, you know, take hold of that momentum. Cause I think that's one of the most powerful things in real estate and in life is just, you know, not only compound interest, but momentum and the energy of momentum and how that can carry you forward through relationships, through deals, through overcoming challenges and obstacles. And when you make that commitment, it's amazing what can happen. So tell me about that journey. And, and as you made that commitment, you know, stepping beyond, you know, the two week paycheck and, and into being an entrepreneur and an, an investor and really dependent on your own actions and effectiveness, you know, how did that go? What was the early experiences like? Yeah. So, you know, as a New York city fireman, um, we work 24 hour shifts and then we have maybe three or four days off in between. And, you know, you can certainly work overtime or whatever, but a lot of guys work on the side and a lot of guys are, you know, handy. So they're doing HVAC, roofing, plumbing, electrical, uh, contracting. Um, and I grew up um, with parents that were kind of allergic to a hammer. So by default, I was kind of that way as well. Um, so I did some odd jobs, you know, I did, I did a bunch of odd jobs and, you know, it wasn't until that I worked with a, uh, a bunch of nurses uh, and they had nice cars and their wives didn't work and they were happy. They had work all the time. So I said, you know what? I was pre-med for about 15 minutes back in college. So let me uh, let me give a you know nursing school a shot. So I did. And I 
you know, before I went to nursing school, I was going to get my real estate license. And the reason I didn't go for the real estate license, I went to the nursing school instead, which is insane, was because nursing would give me um, steady work and a paycheck every two weeks. And if I got my real estate license, uh, you know, I, I was going to be able to, to to eat what I killed, right? And and the, the more I did, the, the more I would eat. But you know, there's a there's a chance I might not sell anything. Oh my God, what, what would I do then, right? So, I mean, you talk about scarcity and abundance. I mean, that was that was a big decision to make to go back to school for two years to get a nursing degree. Um, and I was I was brand brand new married for my first year, and then the next year I had a, a brand new baby. I mean, it was insane. Um, so anyway, you know, listen, I, I ended up working a ton and I'm a hardworking guy. I, I get things done. My wife stayed home for a little bit and the kids were born and, you know, but when the kids were little, uh, Tyler, you know, nobody ever asked any questions, you know, daddy, where are you going? Like I just worked, you know, um, it wasn't until they started talking and, and, and missing me and verbalizing it and crying. I was feeling it and my family was feeling it. My wife was feeling it. I was, you know, I was working a ton and, you know, yes. I mean, look, we had a nice life and took vacations and put money into the savings accounts and, and retirement accounts. And, you know, there was nothing wrong per se, but that, that, that search for meaning and for more purpose and to be doing have more, um, was really the reason that I made that pivot into, you know, real estate and, and moving from that destination fallacy of maybe someday I'll do that to actually being committed and, and jumping in and, and doing it. So, you know, I literally, like so many others, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad on vacation with my family in the Outer Banks, North Carolina. I read it in about two or three days and I shut the book. I leaned over to my wife and I said, babe, I am going to be a real estate investor. And she, you know, she knows I'm always on to the next thing. And she's like, yeah, Tim, sounds good. You know, whatever you say, pal. <laughs> um, you know, that was the summer of 19. By the by, November of 19, I'm closing on a three unit uh, property uh, that I still have and still self-managed. Uh, but that was the beginning, you know, I, uh, I committed to it and, you know, and four short months later, um, there I was now I'm a real estate investor. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I'm gonna invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I wanna tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I wanna invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're gonna get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. And obviously you've made a ton of 
um, you know, growth and, and really a huge trajectory since then. But I just think it is really important to rehash. I mean, what you just described, I mean, the underlying factors continued to be that scarcity mindset, right? The decision to go into nursing was, you know, due to perhaps a scarcity mindset, but I think so much awareness, it's not like we look back and we, you know, thrash ourselves for certain decisions. And of course that, that has served you and it's become, you know, a part of your background and your story for a certain reason. But I just think it's really interesting. And now once you made that decision and then you move forward towards massive action, buying your first triplex and then really continuing to expand from there. I mean, talk to me about that. And obviously you've had to continue to grow through education, through not only investing in, you know, your own education, but also mentors and surrounding yourself with other people who can help you scale further. But talk to me about your growth from that decision into, you know, what did that massive action really look like? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because, you know, that was the the beginning of the journey. And I had bought a 1920 built house and I had to do a lot of work to it. I did, you know, a lot of it myself with my partner that we bought the house with. And, you know, um, I think I needed that proof of concept. I think my wife so certainly needed it, right? I mean, real estate was something that she was okay with me doing, but she didn't want a material part in it, uh, but fully supported me. And so all of a sudden we start cash flowing and then we did a little better on our taxes. And, you know, now my wife is more, you know, she's into it now. And, um, you know, now I have my own proof of concept and I just knew that, you know, I had capital for maybe one more similar purchase. Um, but I was actually, it wasn't passive. It wasn't this income that everybody talked about. I was actually taking phone calls. I was rehabbing units. I was putting in uh, luxury vinyl plank flooring. I was, you know, painting. Um, you know, it was it was fun and it was a great experience. And I and I, I, you know, I love it. You know, but it wasn't what I was searching for. So yes, I had you know real estate, but I wasn't I wasn't doing exactly what I wanted to do. And you know, I just didn't think another triplex was going to do it. So I started listening to some different podcasts and, and doing some more research about multifamily, but multifamily, again, I was saying to myself, you know what, that's something that other people do. That's not mm. something that Tim, the fireman, Tim, the ER nurse can get done. I mean, that's spreadsheets. That's due diligence. That's, you know, all this stuff. You got to raise money. I mean, I have, you know, who am I going to raise money from? Who, who's going to, who's going to trust me with any kind of money? And, um, you know, I was building that narrative in my head. And then finally I said, you know, Tim, like you have to dive in, like you have to, you have to get committed. If that, that's what, if that's the route you want to go, you got to get committed. So I ended up um, researching some, some mentorship programs and, you know, again, having that healthy dose of skepticism in my DNA, I, I, I didn't exactly know if that was going to be the right move. I mean, what's the ROI on, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of education expenses and, you know, is it for me and is it, is it the right move or should I do another deal with that money or whatever? So um, once I was able to work through that in very, you know, in about three months, I worked through all of that. Um, I ended up, you know, choosing a group that I really resonated with in a big way. And um, I credit, I credit taking that leap and joining that mentorship coaching program with all this, the success that I've had, you know, in a very short time, if I never did that, I don't think I'd be anywhere close to where I am today. So, you know, it was a hard decision to do that, but looking back and saying, you know what, Tim, you were interested in it and then you were committed and then you did it. And then look where you are now. And, you know, people could talk about collapsing timeframes and, and, you know, rip off and duplicate from successful people. I mean, it is real. That's real talk. I mean, that is real stuff. And, you know, um, so now like, you know, just a little bit over a year after getting to multifamily, um, 
you know, way further ahead than I thought that I'd ever, ever be. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's talk about your strategy now, obviously with Cityside Capital and you guys, 70, $79 million of assets and our management. I mean, that's phenomenal. So talk to me about the strategy and, and what your sort of investment philosophy is and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So when I joined the the, the community, uh, the mentorship, I thought I was going to do like a 5, 10, 20 unit deal with my dad, my brothers, and maybe some friends. Um, very quickly, I, I, um, I teamed up with a coach in that program who was also from New York and we kind of hit it off. And uh, he gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to join him on a syndication deal that he was uh, about to, about to do and, you know, get a behind the scenes look at it. And I mean, I'll be forever grateful for, for him for that. Um, and I, I got to learn about syndication and I was hooked. I mean, to be able to, you know, raise capital and get a deal on the contract and, and do, you know, monthly uh, distributions to your investors. I mean, it was, it was something that I'd only heard about on podcasts, but now I'm in, I'm on, I'm in, the, I'm on the team now, you know, uh, put me in coach. I'm, I'm on the team. <laughs> awesome. And, um, you know, that just really kind of put the light bulb, you know, directly above my head. It just popped on and said, well, this is something I need to do more of. So, um, you know, that was our first indication. I raised a little bit of money for it. And, you know, I, I didn't think I could raise 2,500, you know, from, from anybody. And, you know, raising a couple hundred thousand. I mean, it was just, it was exhilarating. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I think I had that built up in my head that who was going to invest with Tim, the firefighter, Tim, the ER nurse, you know, I really had that label, uh, you know, I was stuck on it. And then, you know, being, being who I am and people know that I, I work hard, I'm, you know, I'm trustworthy, right. I'm honest. I, I basically tell you exactly what I'm thinking and, you know, and um, I think that was the key to, to me raising capital for that first deal. And then the first deal became the second deal. Second deal became the third deal. And now we're, we just did four or five, you know. So, you know, that, that momentum, that snowball um, and just being a good steward of people's capital and just talking very open and honestly about how the process works and what it looks like and what you can expect. And, you know, um, I think people, you know, now that I have, you know, some more experience and, and five syndications under my belt that, you know, people that were looking at me on, on the outside looking in, you know, um, they were interested, you know, but now they're being committed. And, uh, you know, the more people in my ecosystem that are being committed, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's propelling that momentum uh, forward that much more quickly. Man, the thing that just keeps coming up in our conversation is this underlying identity. It's a, how do you see yourself, right? And it's almost like through like each little step and some of these are bigger steps, right? Some of these are leaps. You've almost had to do it with a leap of faith and then, all right, well, what, what do I need to evolve into? Who do I need to become? And it's almost like you had to shed this previously held identity that probably wasn't even true. It was just something that was, you know, implanted in your mind somewhere in your past. Maybe it was from your upbringing. Maybe it was from you know, the surroundings of your environment, maybe it was from your family and, 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 and we're not saying anything bad about them. It's just an important distinction that we have to realize that perhaps that's where this identity came from. And now you've evolved through that and you continue to expand through that. Does that resonate with you, Tim? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly, I mean, you just hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's becoming that person. It's becoming somebody, you don't have to be stuck with, you know, whatever, whatever label you have on yourself, Tim, the fireman, Tim, the ER nurse, you know, Tim, the 15 minute pre-med guy. It's what you're willing and able to do today for, for tomorrow. And then stacking on that win on top of the next win on top of the next win. And you might fall, you, you know, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself from that mistake and you keep moving forward. 
I mean, I think people appreciate that uh, now on the conversations that I have with investors or just friends of mine, you know, everyone will comment on that, you know, just the same as we're talking about now. You know, it's amazing, Tim, that you've been able to do, you know, the firehouse and the hospital and be a dad to three little girls and coach these teams. Uh, and oh, by the way, you know, you're about to surpass $100 million of, you know, multifamily assets. I mean, it's incredible, but it was a journey and it was that mindset shift. What is it that you're telling yourself? What is it that you believe about yourself? Maybe that's unconscious. Maybe it's conscious. Maybe it's a story that you've told yourself that you've really, you know, really stacked so many different, um, you know, support beams to that you are just really holding on too tight. What is it that you need to shed? You know, where do you want to go? Because if you want to go somewhere big, if you want to live a life that is filled with fulfillment rather than just tolerating your life, I know my my background is a life of, you know, I, I tolerated my life for many years. I tolerated the circumstances of my life. But if I want to shed that, I've got to change. I've got to step into an evolution and be willing to let the exhilaration carry you through because, man, it is an exciting path. It is amazing. And it's amazing how much more you can now give to other people as a result of that, Tim. It's just, to me, it's really inspiring. And obviously, you know, this is an abundant business, right? Because you're raising capital, you win, everyone else wins, you know, the property wins, the community wins, so on and so forth. So talk to me about your strategy. I'd love to know the strategy on the end result. Obviously, you guys are raising capital, what type of deals are you guys doing? What type of deals do you focus on? Yeah, so we're looking um, at multifamily. Uh, I feel like everybody else is too, but you know, uh, AB, AB class multifamily in the Southeast United States, across the Sun Belt, you know, from Arizona down to Florida, uh, up through, you know, say Georgia and the, and the Carolinas, and then actually into Tennessee as well. Um, and right now we kind of made the big pivot into uh, capital raising and investor relations by becoming registered reps under a broker dealer model, um, which is really fascinating because, you know, I think it's the future of capital raising uh, in general uh, in the multifamily self-storage kind of space. But, you know, we kind of through networking uh, got in touch with uh, our current team and what they do is they bring vetted sponsors onto the platform. So right now we're working with about eight uh, sponsors um, that have been vetted by the broker dealer. The broker dealer has gone done his due diligence, walked their properties, went through business plans, criminal background checks. I mean, the whole nine. Um, and then the same thing on the capital raising side, they, they put together a, uh, a bunch of people like myself um, who are able uh, to commit capital to deals. Um, and it's been a, it's been a phenomenal uh, model so far. So, I mean, the benefit of that is just for us, is having you know high quality experienced sponsors bringing deals to our platform having our guys and our team underwrite uh the deals uh on a secondary level to make sure everything checks the boxes and now we can go to market on our you know investor base and say hey you know we have a high quality uh, deal with the uh, experienced operators um and here's here's what we can do here's what we're looking at and um you know the response has been you know somewhat overwhelming uh but it's been great and to answer your question from before, I mean, I used to be very worried about, you know, what are people going to think about me because I'm on social media or I'm on podcasts or a uh, YouTube video. And, you know, uh, the firehouse is is a great place, but man, they could be brutal with the nicknames and, you know, um, invitations. I mean, big shout out to my guys in the FDNY, but, um, you know, what, what's everybody going to think about me? What's everyone going to think about, you know, me being an author in a best-selling book? And what's everybody, what are they going to think about me being on podcasts? And, you know, 
after I just told myself one day, well, I don't care. You know, I don't care what I'm, whatever anybody else thinks. I mean, I'm, I'm here to make, you know, uh, a life for myself and build a future for my, for my family. And, um, it was almost liberating and that's how I feel today. I mean, it's, it's incredible. The, the response now that I really just, um, have been doing my own thing and, and providing, you know, and to stack on top of that, what I'm doing is just providing opportunities for people who I care so deeply about, you know, the cops, the firefighters. I mean, those have been my, my main um, investors who I thought being from New York city, I'm going to have all these high, high net worth people that I'm, I'm in, you know, who are in my ecosystem. They weren't the ones to jump on these deals in the beginning. It was the nurses, the doctors, the firefighters, the cops, um, small business owners. I mean, those are the people that really supported me right in the beginning. Um, and now it's just snowballing. So to be able to bring these types of opportunities to those hardworking folks out there that maybe don't know passive investing exists, that don't understand what multifamily even means. I mean, that's my passion. That's my purpose. And that's what's really fueling the fire right now. That's so good. And, and as you continue to educate and provide opportunities, I'm just really curious, if you were to look at the landscape, I mean, what are some of the greatest opportunities and what are some of the greatest threats that you see in the multifamily real estate space? Yeah, some of the threats I would say is, you know, a lot of the cap rates seem to be very compressed in certain markets. And I think people are starting to chase uh, these deals and pencil with them to make sure that they, uh, they're working out on the spreadsheets, but they might be very thin um, to be brought out to the, to market within investors. And, you know, so like a couple of things that we look for is, you know, within the sponsors, like, you know, how are we underwriting, uh, you know, everyone says they, they, they underwrite conservatively, right? Everyone's a conservative underwriter. Um, but what exactly does that mean? Like, what, what exactly are the assumptions? Are you assuming 0% rental increase for year one and year two, possibly even year three? I mean, do you have a, um, you know, an expense uh, escalator of like say one or 2% or are you actually going to be a little bit more um, conservative at three or 4%? Um, you know, what's the debt service coverage ratio on, on this, on this loan? I mean, are we paper thin or are we, are we um, looking at a, a hefty DSCR that, you know, if there's a downturn or, you know, um, people don't pay or for whatever reason, the business plan is taking much longer to complete, you know, that we can still cash flow and provide solid returns to our investors without having to go belly up or, uh, you know, God forbid, do a capital call or something. So, you know, it's, it's, it's people chasing deals. It's people, sometimes you'll get deals. You're like, man, how did they pay that much money for that deal in that area? We underwrote that. We didn't come anywhere close. I feel that um, way all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so there's, there's a ton of opportunity, um, but it does take patience, I think. And, you know, um, right now I think we're looking specifically in like that, you know, a B class B minus even, um, because I think there's opportunity with that people are moving all around the country and they are working from home. They might want to have that nicer, you know, uh, type of, uh, asset to be living in. And, you know, those are also the renters that maybe care a little bit more about their, their credit score and, and their lot in the life. So, um, so that's kind of where we're sticking right now. Um, also I love self storage. I've done, you know, some more research and on, on self storage recently, um, as we're going to start working with a self storage provider. And I mean, man, there's just a, um, a lot of opportunity with self storage right now. That's awesome, man. I love that. And, um, 
you know, I just think it's important for us to all, you know, evaluate the movers, right? What's going on in the marketplace and understand the different dynamics. You've got to keep your finger on the pulse. If you're going to be, you know, representing other people, you're going to be educating other people, you're going to be providing opportunities. You've got to stay on top of what's happening, whether it's the investment marketplace from the capital side or, you know, the end user side, what's in demand and how is that demand shifting? I just think it's really, really important because at the end of the day, we're taking a risk, you know, to obtain a reward. And so how do we mitigate that risk? And so there's so many different factors that you just spoke to very eloquently, Tim. I love that. But, you know, going back to personal development and personal growth, because it seems like that's the underlying factor of your continued commitment to excellence, your con- continued standards really of excellence. So how else are you investing in yourself these days? I'm just curious whether it's time, attention, or, or, or your own resources. Yeah, I mean, so uh, number one, I've been getting up early. Um, you know, I, I was always a late sleeper, you know, to that last possible minute and then maybe squeeze out five more minutes. Um, I'm up at five o'clock every single morning. And um, whether I'm, you know, totally active at my desk here and getting worked on or just, you know, maybe throwing in a good podcast or an audio book, um, been concentrating on, on eating well and uh, going to the gym and all that good stuff. But Really, um, once I got over my fear of uh, paying for mentorship, I ended up uh, jumping into another coach, um, and you know, and having him kind of really just pour jet fuel. And we were talking earlier before the show started that this uh, coach that we both know about, uh, he pours jet fuel on the already you know uh, burning fire inside of me. And you know, when when I when I think about paying for coaching. Um, in the beginning, I really couldn't, you know, justify it in my head, like, you know, spend money on that or spend money on investments or, you know, but when you think about it, every, every great successful athlete or entrepreneur, uh, business person, they, they have coaches. And once you understand that when you have somebody who has been in the ring and knows the fight and knows the blueprint, uh, the way to kind of get to get to that success and, and to really tease out what your purpose and your passion and, and where you should be going next. I mean, it is just so powerful and it is absolutely just propelled me so faster. And for that, I'm just tremendously, tremendously grateful that I, number one, committed to coaching and number two, that I found, um, you know, uh, my coach. So big shout out to him. Yeah, I love that. You you mentioned jet fuel on the burning fire that's already inside of me. Could you talk a little bit about what is that? What do you mean by this burning fire inside of you? You know, it's that uh, for me personally, it's the idea that I, I, I've always, you know, kind of wanted to do, to be and to have more. And, you know, for a while, it was just like a dream or I hoped it would happen. And now I'm actually in the driver's seat, you know, making it happen. And, you know, with that comes some, some responsibility of, of, uh, you know, making the right choices and then moving your life in the right direction. But that causes the fire that, that is the fire that I'm looking for. And then once you start having it, you want just more and more of it, you know, because, if you have a little bit of success, why can't I have a lot of success? If I do a $10 million deal, why can't I do a $100 million deal? Um, but behind that, there's purpose. And behind that, there's other goals. And, you know, um, I just love that. And I've never been in that space before because as I've, you know, as we've talked about, I've been a firefighter and an ER nurse. I would clock in and I would clock out. Sometimes, I mean, most of the times I've had these amazing shifts in the firehouse. And then, 
you know, other times I've had a handful of, you know, soul sucking tears, you know, filled days. And, um, but at the end of the day, I never, you know, I, I punch in and I punch out with being an entrepreneur and, and having my own business and, and doing what I'm doing now. Uh, there's a fire that I have that, uh, only, I, it only serves me by forcing me to go bigger, go stronger and, 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 and conquer some other, uh, project. Yeah. Every single one of us has that fire, right? Every single one of us has a burning fire within us. It's just a matter of, are you feeding it or are you squashing it, right? Are you giving that the ability to grow and burn brighter and brighter and hotter and hotter, you know, because we're Mm -hmm. meant to expand. We're meant to grow. We're meant to go forth forward. We're not meant to retreat. We're not meant to contract. We're not meant to be fearful. We're meant to be courageous, right? So what can we do to step into that, surround ourselves with people who are going to feed that and really pour jet fuel on that fire. Man, Tim, what an amazing, amazing conversation, my friend. This is phenomenal. I just really, really want to honor you so much. And I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. You know, it's all about being uncommon, right? It's all about feeding and pouring jet fuel on that burning fire within us, surrounding yourself with the resources and opening yourself up to the commitment and the resourcefulness to step in and create the life of your dreams and to step in and really create that why that we talked about earlier, right? To get that clarity, but also creating that. It's not just about a dream. It's about making your dreams a reality. So I have a few questions for you, Tim. The first of which I'd love to know if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Oh man. I mean, that is such a hard question. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I I would say, Oh my God. I mean, there's just so many. Uh, but if I had to absolutely pick two of the most impactful books, it would be story brand by Donald Miller. Really? And, um, it's just really, I mean, Donald Miller is a, just a skilled, skilled orator and, uh, you know, writer. And he talks about basically, you know, bringing people in business on a journey. Uh, and it's not about you as a business. It's about the end consumer. Um, so that's just a really powerful book. I have listened to it multiple times on Audible and, and read it multiple times. Um, and the second one, I would say, start with why with Simon Sinek. I know I, I referred to that book, um, you know, earlier in the podcast, but I mean, that is a tremendous, tremendous book. And I would highly recommend that to anybody. And, uh, you know, one of his big tenets is people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And, um, you know, when you're in a business or in being an entrepreneur, I mean, that authenticity and and doing you know what why you do it is so powerful and uh, he was just really skilled in that book uh, so I I know I'm talking forever so I'll throw a bounce pass back to you but yeah those, those are the two books no and I and, and that that book and that philosophy is more and more relevant every single day right I know that you know folks that invest with us they'll ask you know well how are we impacting this community like what's actually going on and how are we impacting the people that live at the property how are we impacting you know the employee base it's more than just a return on investment right and it's more than you know even if you're listening and maybe you have another a different business outside of real estate you know what is it what's the purpose right because people are more and more in tune of this it's not just about you know themselves and i think that's a beautiful thing you know how can we impact mm-hmm. other people but but what's the purpose right i love that thank you for reminding us and we'll put links in the show notes to both of those books story brand and start with why but aside from what we've already talked about today tim what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis 
the biggest way I'd elevate my life on a daily basis is, you know, I, I spent some time in thought, um, you know, and before I kind of lived, like we spoke about, I kind of day to day, just kind of being in the day. And I never really spent time thinking about my life or, you know, or just thinking about my thoughts. And, you know, when you do that, it's so, so powerful. And, you know, thinking about maybe your, your, your past and, you know, how, how it doesn't have to define you or, you know, thinking about your future and how that might look and how am I going to, you know, construct that. And, it is, um, it's been something that I actually, I love. I mean, I love being outside and walking while doing it or uh, just hanging on my back deck or something. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's spending time in thought and actually dedicating time to that, that uh, elevates my, my sense of being and, and kind of pushes me, pushes me forward. So it's just giving yourself space to really think mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Is that, what, is that what you're doing? That's it, you know, because listen, if you don't, you know, I do it when I wake up early because um, my little girls and everybody else is sleeping. So I have a little bit of time to, uh, to break away Um, because otherwise, you know, when I was waking up with them, then, then, you know, the gunshot goes off and and the race (laughs) is on. Right. I mean, um, you know, so um, it's giving myself that space, that dedicated time to, to get some thinking done. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Tim? You know, um, right now I'm going to say it's uh, coaching the little girls, uh, doing some coaching for little girls lacrosse. And, uh, you know, I got a second grader and a fourth grader and I absolutely love it. I love being on the field. I love giving the energy, you know. Um, so I love having the time now to do that as well. Like I, I can dedicate my time, make my schedule how I need to make it so that I can be present. And um, I'm, I'm using lacrosse as one thing, but just be more present with my, my girls, with my community, uh, with my tribe. Um, it just, it means, it means the world to me. Yeah. I mean, man, we're, we can't be more place, you know, more than one places at a time, right. You know, what, mm-hmm. what can we do? to really be present with other people and pour into them, man, you've poured into us so much today, Tim. I just want to thank you so much. I want to honor you. I want to acknowledge you just for being so giving and being willing to evolve and set the example that you can continue to expand into who you are meant to be. Tim, you are such an inspiration. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? Uh, I would just want to, you know, uh, stack on top of that, that, you know, this podcast is uh, one of the reasons that I, I feel and I, I think and I act the way I do, because uh, I think you do a, a very artful and skillful job at kind of bringing the mindset piece, the business piece, the real estate piece, uh, goal setting, you know, all that uh, into one uh, action packed podcast. So I uh, just wanted to throw it back your way and say thank you for, uh, for what you do. You're a gentleman and a scholar and an amazing entrepreneur. Tim Lyons, everybody, my goodness, go visit citysidecap.com. If you haven't done so already, you definitely want to check out citysidecap.com. But Tim, where else can Elevate Nation connect with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Tim Lyons. Uh, you can't miss the picture. It's a, uh, and then uh, Facebook, and I'm also on Instagram. So uh, head over to citysidecap.com and uh, email me anytime, Tim at citysidecap.com. Yeah, and you definitely want to check out because we're going to put links in the show notes of where you can find Tim everywhere in addition to his company and learn more about what they're doing with Cityside Capital. But also, we're going to put a special offer in our link list. So make sure you check elevatepod.com for this, but we've got a free ebook from the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Lyons as well on his number one Amazon bestseller. It's called bringing value 
solving problems and leaving a legacy. So just go check out uh, that link there so you can learn more about that. But my goodness, there's so much value in this episode. And I'm telling you what, this is about a transformation. This is about transforming your identity from a, you know, perhaps for someone who's timid to someone who is courageous, bold, and thinking big and continuing to expand through an exciting life. Because man, we only live once. As far as I know, I've been, I've, I've only been told we've been living, we live once. So what can we do to maximize this time? And I just want to encourage you to re-listen to the show because there's so much value. There's so much value that we can all apply to our mindset, to our habits, to our strategy, and to the vision that we have for our life. I want to encourage you to re-listen. And I also want to encourage you to jot down what are your top three key distinctions or takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your life immediately. I also want to encourage you to pay it forward and share those distinctions with a friend. What was it that you really got from this episode? And most importantly, and of course, is to take massive action. Go out there and elevate your life, elevate others around you, and create that life of your dreams. Tim Lyons, man, I appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for being here. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.